flickering a little and I'd love to say that was the power of the Holy Spirit but we're pretty sure the light board's being a little fickle tonight so Paul just snuck out to push a couple buttons which may fix everything or may completely uh, put us in the dark um, but our, my microphone will still be working so we're just gonna we're just gonna plow on all right we're gonna plow on so we're good Woo. okay he did the woo all right so we're good that's great so as many of you know who worship with us regularly, what we like to do is bring people from our community up to talk to us about what God is up to in their lives and where they are. And, my, and our community definition is expanding today all the way to New York City, where we have an alum, the Reverend Pete Armstrong, yes, who was a WAH before we had WAHs. He was a worship apprentice before there were worship apprentices. He graduated from Calvin in 2012. Thank you. 2002, yeah, 2012. He's very advanced. He's very fast. Just whipped through seminary. Um, thanks, Tim. So he's going to talk to us about what God is up to in New York City. Pete, come on up. Pete Armstrong. Pete Armstrong, everybody. So I wanted to just share, I know you guys have been studying James, and I've actually read James last week as well, just personally. Um, the, the, James ends on this really interesting note, a couple of verses. It says, my brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and is brought back by another, you should know that whoever brings back a sinner from wandering will save the sinner's soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And that's how the book ends. And when I was reading that on Friday, I was just struck by that because I have seen God do that through people so much in New York City. Um, a lot of times people move to New York City after college, and that's actually part of why I'm here is to say, if God is tugging on your heart to move to a big city like New York or Chicago, I'm a really big fan of that, and I would love to talk to you more about that. But there are so many people who, uh, who move to New York to kind of be that, that younger brother in the prodigal son story and to kind of take in all that a place like New York has to offer, all the sort of wealth and prestige and all the power and all the phenomenal work opportunities and all these things, and they wander away from God. And uh, the Lord uses folks like us um, to, to show them God's grace, to, uh, to pick them up when they're down, to... You know, when they, when they come to their senses, to, uh, to, to give them a place to come home to. And the Lord called my wife and I to New York City four years ago. And we started this church called Dwell. And we really love it. Um, as I was telling Joe, I'm pretty sure that they worship Jesus tonight. And that's really exciting. That there is a, a community of people who, who love Jesus in New York City. The average age of our church is like 27. We have uh, just a, a group of people from all over the world who are coming to know Christ. And I want to just challenge you. Maybe God is going to call uh, some of you to New York, to Chicago, to L.A., to these places where there are lots and lots and lots of people. And where it's actually a great way to spend your 20s. Sometimes God sends people overseas to do his work. And sometimes God keeps us right here where we... That the new language that we have to use is the language of communicating the gospel to our friends um, in English and in Spanish and in Korea and in these languages that, that we know. But there is a, an incredible mission field right outside your door, right in these big cities. And um, I'm a huge fan of, of urban missions and, and what God is doing there. And so I just wanted to, um, to be here. I'm, I would love to chat with you after the service. But God had us on this incredible adventure, and I'm excited for, for you guys to have this uh, education and this opportunity and this community here, and then to take that um, to, to the next place on your journey. So thanks, and um, just look forward to, to what God's going to do. Thanks, Pete. Let's thank Pete. Pete's going to be downstairs um, by the cookie table, Pete. That is your destination. So when you get, feel free to talk to Pete about uh, what it's like to be in New York City or how to find his church if you're going there on vacation, uh, how you can pray for him. That'd be great. And the, the stories that he's hearing. 
So if you worship with us regularly, you also know that we give to the Community Care Fund every week. And that is a wonderful way in which we care for members of this community again. But during Advent, which starts next week Sunday and will take us through Christmas to Christmas Day, we are going to be giving money for a school in Liberia that has been hit hard by Ebola. And um, Advent is a time when we remember that God gave to us, so we give to others. So there are going to be lots of ways to give. We'll be promoting it. You can check my Facebook page after worship tonight. I'll have a link up already. Um, so when you go home for Thanksgiving, you can tell your aunts and uncles and grandparents, like, click this link, like, give $10. That'd be awesome. But to tell us more about the school is Professor Joe Kailama. Let's welcome up Professor Kailama. He's going to tell us why this school in Monrovia. Hey guys, my name is Joe Kylam. I teach in the social work program. Uh, I actually went to school at the same time as Pete, although I just stayed around here, so oh well. Uh, <laughs> so uh, on the screen, my colleague Rachel Venema, also from social work, and one of our Liberian colleagues. Uh, you may have heard a lot about Ebola in Liberia, and probably uh, maybe even more about Ebola in Texas, but uh, it's, it's been an ongoing crisis there. and. Um, it's a crisis that's very real for me personally because Calvin College has been going to Liberia since 2007. Um, I've been there, I think, six times in the last uh, seven years. Uh, three times, if you want to hit the next couple photos, we'll just go to the next one. Uh, three times with Calvin students. So I've taken Calvin students and we've done a collaborative class with Calvin students and uh, Liberian social work students at a little school in Monrovia. Um, so these photos were actually taken in January, which was after the Ebola outbreak started. We had no idea, obviously, it was happening at that time, uh, but we were in the country at that point. Uh, so this is a social work school, and uh, they're training social works, and I want to give them some money, <laughs> because uh, long after the NGOs leave and everything else dies down and the media doesn't care about Liberia anymore, I know that the people uh, who are in these photos uh, learning how to be social workers in Liberia will still care and love about this nation and be doing amazing work. So if you'd like to support them, that would be very cool. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. So for those of you who are participating in Lessons and Carols, next week Sunday, the offering at the Lessons and Carols services will be for the Mother to Patern School in Monrovia. We'll have links for this. We'll be taking offerings after some of our bigger chapels like the Messiah Sing and the Carol Sing that we do in here. Um, so just be ready when you come back to give to uh, this school in Liberia. And then, as we all know, this week Thursday is Thanksgiving. Woo! Yes. So there's no loft next week Sunday night because we'll all be, uh, I, I know, I know. We'll all be chilling out. Now, for those of you who are going home for the first time since college began, this is my annual be nice to your parents talk. <laughs> so you come to college and suddenly there's no curfew, no one's asking you, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? Where are you going? Who are you going with? When are you going to be home? And you're going to get home on Wednesday and you're going to want to maybe go out and connect with some high school friends, maybe, you know, like go to Steak and Shake until 2 in the morning or something and your mom's going to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? What are you doing right now? And she's going to want to know, like, where are you going and who are you going with and when are you going to be home and why aren't you spending any time with me? And this is a reminder that while you have felt like you have grown up extensively during these few months that you have been away at college, in the mind of your mother and your father, you are still the same person they dropped off. Okay? They haven't been able to bear witness to all your maturing all your growing up, all the good choices you've been making. <laughs> and so now is your chance to demonstrate your maturity by being really kind to your parents. And when, when you're going to leave, say, Mom, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go with these people. I think I'm going to be at home at this time. Don't wait up. It'll be fine. Just, just tell her. Just, it'll be better. And if you really want to like get on the good side, say, hey, let me tell you about one of the sermons I heard this year. <laughs> let me just tell you about that, Mom and Dad. And they'll be like, oh, that'd be great. Let me tell you about my favorite professor, right? Moms and dads love that kind of thing. So when you go home this weekend, be kind to your parents, 
to your grandparents, to all those people, when you tell them that you are majoring in art and philosophy and they say to you, what are you gonna do with that? You say, I'm gonna be an agent of renewal. Okay, that's, that's your answer. That's your answer, okay? Um, so as you go out, bring grace to your families. Bring grace to your families, that is very important. And then I wanna tell you about this cool letter before we take the offering for the Community Care Fund. So I got a letter this week from one of y'all's moms. And um, this mom on World Run Day, I didn't know there was a World Run Day, but apparently on November 9, you can run for any cause you want. You go to this website, tell them you're running for this cause. You can even print out a bib that has a number and like says the cause you're running from. This mom ran for the Community Care Fund. How cool is that? And she sent me a check and she told me all about it and it was really awesome. And I just think, way to go. Thank you, mom, you know who you are. Yes, I love that. I love that. That's what it means to care well for the community. That's really cool. So when the offering is taken tonight, we are giving for the last time for 2014 to the Community Care Fund. So give as God has blessed you. Are you gonna stay here or are you gonna go sit down? Join the prayer. You hang out here? Okay, good. Um, in our prayers, we are thinking of uh, Dwell Church, we're thinking of Mother Patern School, and then we're also thinking of um, two young men who've been in the hospital this week. The first one is Stephen Lander, as many of you have heard. Um, Stephen had a forklift fall on his foot two and a half years ago. And for two and a half years, they've been trying to save the foot and then they realized about a couple weeks ago that it just wasn't gonna happen. And so on Tuesday, he had his foot amputated. Um, the good news is that he went home this weekend. So um, he's doing well, they've managed the pain enough for him to be home. Um, he was already up and walking, they had him moving. So uh, we look forward to having Stephen back in our community and uh, we're just really glad that um, there's a resolution to that because it's been, it's been a nagging injury for a long time and he actually has a lot of relief about it. So, and we're also praying for John Dieterle. A week ago tonight, John had a brain aneurysm, uh, which is when a vessel bursts in your head and they realized it wasn't just one, it was a clump of vessels that have grown there abnormally called an arterial venal malformation. And so he'll have a series of surgeries to take care of that. And every one of them is risky. Every one of them puts um, his recovery at risk. And so uh, we are going to keep praying for John as we go on. So let's pray together. God, you are the great I am. The one who spoke the world into being. Amazing creator. We saw your creation on display this week with amazing and beautiful snow and little moments when the sun would break through and everything would brighten up. Thank you 
reminding us of the beauty of your creation. We thank you for what you are creating in New York City. We thank you for Pete and his testimony of what you are doing there to bring the lost back, as James says. Whoever goes out and gets somebody and brings them back when they wander from the truth, that person is blessed. And so we pray, Jesus, that you will continue to use Pete and his church to bring your good news of redemption to people who live in New York City. And Lord, if there's anybody in this space right now or anybody who's watching online who's wondered about a prompting to go to New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco to be used by you, then Holy Spirit, help them to pay attention to that. And Lord, we thank you for all of the alums all over the world who are building your kingdom one life at a time. So we pray a blessing on Dwell Church and on Pete. And Lord, we pray for amazing things to happen in Liberia, Sierra Leone, Guinea. God, we pray that this disease is stopped in the name of Jesus. That you, great physician, go to work in these places. That you, creating God, build up systems of care that transcend this urgent need and actually rebuild these countries in ways that they need. We pray for Mother Patern School and all those that Joe and the other social work professors know and love there. Renew them in their faith. Give them the physical stamina they need. And Lord, help us to be generous as a community. Help us to give because there's so little we can do in the face of an epidemic, but this is something we can do. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that when we go home, that we look at what we can give and we come back ready to make a sacrifice on behalf of another. And God, we continue to pray for Stephen, that you will completely reduce his pain so that he will be able to be upright and mobile. We pray for the fitting of the prosthesis and learning how to walk again, that these things will go very smoothly for him, that his setbacks will be minimal and that he'll be able to come to Calvin and finish out his education. Lord, we pray for John and his family as they just wait for his brain to calm down to the point where he can have surgery. We pray for wisdom for his parents, the wisdom from on high, that this will be theirs as they need to make decisions about his care, as they have to have conversations no parent ever wants to have as they wait to see what you are going to do. Lord, we are bold to ask for healing for John. We are bold to ask that you will do amazing things in him and through him in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that this week many of us get to travel home or to the homes of people who care about us. Help us to love them well. Help us to be kind. Help us to treat our parents and our loved ones the way we would want to be treated. And Lord, we pray for safety. In our rush to get out of here, let us make good choices about when we sleep, when we're driving, and when we pull over. Help us to not push through, but to be wise. And bring everybody back here in a week so that we can finish the semester well together. We thank you, creating, redeeming, sustaining God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you love us. And as we give testimony tonight to your work in our lives, help us to be people not only who speak, but people who listen to what you are doing so that we can see what you're up to right here in our lives on this campus, in this place. We ask this all through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. You're good? It's one shirt. So we are finishing up James, and tonight we are going to do testimonies about how God has used the book of James to shape our stories. How the old story that is written about in the book of James has intersected over the semester with our stories. And so when I'm done, we're going to have the opportunity to write out a testimony on a post-it. And then if you want, you can come forward to the microphones and read your testimony. And if you 
rather not read it. When people are done speaking their testimonies, you can come forward and take the post-it and put it on the mirrors that are down here. I know some of you in the back can't see them, but there are mirrors down here. And uh, so I'll give more instructions on that later. But as I talk, think about how God has used the book of James to convict you, to comfort you, to challenge you. And um, I get to go first. So um, usually when someone preaches a sermon, Uh, What you hear most is about, um, hopefully, how God takes the scripture and applies it to all y'all, right? That's a sermon, right? A testimony says, here's how this scripture resonated in my heart and in my life. So this is a testimony. This semester has, um, has given me some challenges, particularly in the work that I do around administration and leadership and meetings. And uh, there have been some times when we've been talking about the strategic plan or mission and vision and where the college needs to go. And I've been occasionally frustrated because I think, no, 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 we should do this. We should go over here or we should do this instead. Or this is actually the most important thing. And um, it's been a real work of the spirit in my life to tell me to shut up sometimes. Because that's what it takes. And the word that keeps coming back to me is this great verse about wisdom that's nestled into the middle of James. James 3, 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Willing to yield. And that's the one that I kind of trip on because I'm not always so willing to yield. I like others to yield to me. I, not so much willing to yield. And the Holy Spirit keeps saying to me, Mares, you got to trust me. He calls me Mares. <laughs> he says, Mares, you got to trust me that if you actually live out of the wisdom from above, the wisdom that is most seen in the life and works of Jesus Christ, if you actually live more and more like Jesus, things will get better. And not just for you personally, but for the entire group that you are trying to influence. If you are actually more like Jesus and a little less like Mary, things get better. Willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. So my testimony from the book of James is that God is using the book of James to create in me wisdom and a yielded heart. So I invite you now, the um, servants are going to take baskets and post-its and pens and pass them out to you. And if you want to turn to the book of James, page 980s, And if you want to think about what God has taught you through the book of James in your own personal study with your group and the sermons, uh, and then just write, God has taught me through the book of James, just finish the sentence. God has taught me through the book of James and then finish the sentence on your post-it. And whenever you're ready, you can either come and just speak a word at the microphone or you can put it on the mirrors, okay? God has taught me through the book of James, too, and then just finish the sentence.
and to control my words so I don't hurt others. And that God gives wisdom to those who ask and are looking for it. And that he has taught me through the book of James to love others more fully and completely. taught me through the book of James to submit everything to Christ Jesus. Um, he taught me this through my mentor who showed me that thoughts I was having was not from the Lord and I had never thought of questioning them. God has taught me through the book of James to act not out of obligation, but out of relationship. God has taught me through the book of James to ask, ask for silence among the chaos, to ask for wisdom and understanding and just peace. me through the book of James not to discriminate for how can I say I love the Lord and not my neighbor because of how he looks or his status love all God taught me through the book of James that every trial I go through is to make me stronger more mature and complete I'm here visiting from Florida, and recently, down in the south, God has taught me through the book of James that even when something happens, something tragic like the death of a classmate, he can use it for something greater. For it says in James 1, 2 through 3, whenever you face trials of many kinds, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that testing your faith produces endurance. James, I've learned dependence, receiving, 
and the reality of my um, failures, um, and that he is good and perfect at the same time. God has taught me through the book of James that I am not promised tomorrow. If you wish, Lord, I will live and then do this or that. God has taught me through the book of James that it's not about sin being bad, it's about a faithful life being good. It's time for me to draw near. God has taught me through the book of James two things. That faith is not about having no doubt at all and having pure faith without any questions, but it's rather having these questions, but trusting in God and stepping forward. And another thing I learned is that compassion that God calls us to do is very hard. It's very hard to understand people that who you are not and suffering together is difficult, but that also, God helps us to grow and to grow into his compassion, to be able to be compassionate towards others. The book of James taught me to be honest in front of God, that I don't have to be scared to be honest in front of him or myself. No matter what I did, he will love me and he will forgive me and he will help me. As it says in James 5, uh, 4, 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. God has taught me through the book of James to be patient even when I don't know God's plan for me right now and I still trust in God and believe he has good will for me. In James, God has taught me that where people gather to pray together, um, that he is there and that those prayers together are powerful and effective. Through reading James, I had an opportunity to reflect myself again. I realized how sinful I was. I always thought that I was good enough, but um, Jesus, looking at looking in the perspective of God and thinking myself again, I, I realized how sinful I was. But Jesus gave me strength to be faithful and to serve him every day as I combat sin. Through the book of James, the Lord has taught me that being well with the Lord isn't always the same as being 100% healthy. Sometimes it's finding strength in the sickness and being well in the spirit. God has used um, the book of James to point out to me the ways that I am not slow to speak, the ways that I'm not patient. Um, and he's shown me how to look to him as an example of those things um, and to never stop looking for him in the waiting. I have learned from James that through all the busyness and stress of a difficult semester, if the Lord wishes, we shall live and do this or that, meaning that we need not worry and we can lean on God. He's got this. God has taught me through the um, book of James the importance of the community uh, that I've been actually forgetting for. It's one of the reasons that I come to Calvin, uh, but then I forgot for a while. But then the book of James that uh, reminds me that we can pray for each other. We can go through all the difficulties together. It's not just me and God, but also like uh, me going through all of these things with uh, my colleagues and then my friends and my family in Christ. Amen. God has taught me in the book of James that I need to be patient on him, on the Lord, and trust him. We must have faith that his plan will work out in our lives and that he has the best in mind for us. But the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Um, the book of James has taught me that God's timing truly is perfect, and that even in times of great waiting and yearning, um, we can still see signs of God's wisdom and compassion and grace. The book of James has taught me about being patient during suffering. 
Because the Lord's coming is near, I can wait for God to work in my brother, renewing him from his broken state. The book of James has taught me the importance and value of sharing in each other's wisdom. James has taught me to be patient and to trust in his timing. So often I try to take matters into my own hands, but I'm learning not to keep picking up the things in my life that I've already laid at his feet. God has taught me through the book of James that I was trying too hard to be a friend of the world instead of him, and through that he's shown me his grace for me. Through the book of James, God taught me to not only read scripture and talk about what a good idea it all is, but to immerse myself in it and then live it out. need to speak who hasn't spoken. Come on now. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Before reading James, I remember laughing at that. I remember saying, really, God? Really? Pure joy? I don't get it. Through reading the book of James, God's taught me what pure joy really means. Not the happiness that comes from changed circumstances and trials ending, but that joy, the true joy that comes through knowing that my God is with me, that I can trust him, that he's faithful, and that I'm his beloved. through song now and while we sing all of you are welcome to come up and take your post-it notes and put them on the mirrors um, these two have lots of room but feel free to come forward and as we sing lay these down and we'll put them out for more people to see
it becomes even more beautiful. And when the word of God passes through your lives, we are all benefited and the beauty just shines out. So thank you for coming tonight. It was rainy, it was cold. Many of you had gospel choir this week, you had dance guild, you had a thousand things to do and you came to worship the Lord. And all of us are made more beautiful because you were here tonight. So thank you for that. Uh, prayer servants will be at the back. Coffee, cookies, hot tea, hot chocolate downstairs. Pete and Joe, both going to be downstairs. You want to talk more about how it's happening in their lives. And then hugs are over here. Um, and everybody be safe and come back, okay? Return the pens. There are baskets by the exits. Prayer servants at the back. Baskets. 
for your pens. And the exit, cap your pens and collect your pens. Uh, receive the blessing from the God who loves you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.